got excited. We had new stuff. I was playing along with the music. Then I heard it go a little longer, and I thought, what was that? And then I saw more intro. Hmm. It was great. Good job, Justin. Enjoyed that. Always fun to get surprised when you're, <laughs> you're getting ready for the show. And then, oh, there's a surprise. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton, and we are live from the Lee Company studio. Glad to have you guys with us as we are getting ready for a Thursday show. Lots to get to today. We've got Coach's Corner coming up, and typically, Mo, that's a, that's a high school segment. Today, it will not be. Today, it is not. No. Um, we spoke about this briefly at some point earlier this week. I don't remember if it was yesterday or not. The days start to run together. But um, former Auburn, former Clemson, former South Alabama, mm-hmm. and former Coastal Carolina men's basketball coach Cliff Ellis is being honored tonight over at Cumberland because before he was any of those things, he was Cumberland's junior college men's basketball coach. And I believe the floor over there is named for him. But they are recognizing him for his long and successful career at the Division One level tonight during their game. And he's going to come on and visit with us for a little bit. And I'm sure it's going to be a great segment because basketball is what he does, but it's not all he does. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to it. Looking forward to a visit from Dave Hooker a little bit later when we just we were we were trying to figure out who we wanted to have on to talk more in depth about this uh this tennessee nil investigation we went through a couple of different names and i thought who's going to be the most entertaining well well dave is pretty entertaining dave is pretty entertaining and i think about 30 or 45 minutes ago his segment got more entertaining with something yeah. that we're going to be discussing here in just, just a, bit. a second. So, yeah, we're, we're going to get into all that. Of course, Terry's going to join us because, well, we talked about the, the the staff yesterday. Well, check one off the list. The defensive coordinator position has been filled, and so we'll talk to Terry about that. All of that and much, much more as we continue on this Thursday edition of Main Street Sports today. Mo, let's take a dive into yesterday's results and get today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. High school girls basketball scores from Wednesday night. Clarksville defeated Clarksville Northeast 84-31. Franklin defeated Summit Summit 64-46. Hendersonville with a 43-26 win over Mount Juliet. Independence defeated Ravenwood 42-35. It was Nolansville 45. Nolansville 45, Centennial 29. Reading is fundamental. Page 45, Brentwood 39. And Rossview with a 66-35 win over Springfield. On the boys' side, Franklin down Summit 66-51. Friendship Christian was a 66-32 win over Mount Juliet. Christian Hendersonville 53-51 over Mount Juliet. Independence edges Ravenwood 49-47. Mo has coverage of that one on MainStreetMurray.com. Centennial 41, Nolensville 34, Brentwood 69-25 winners over Page. Women's 
No, no, I'm sorry. Men's basketball action last night. Jacksonville defeated Austin P. 63-43. North Florida, also of Jacksonville, <laughs> defeated Lipscomb 85-76. They just rode together. Yeah. Indiana State with a 78-72 comeback victory at the curb against Belmont. And Auburn, 81, Vanderbilt, 54. On the ice, it was the Kings, 4, the Preds, 2. Earlier today, Tennessee State defeated Moorhead State 71-58 in women's basketball. Okay. I don't know why they played earlier today, but they did. But they did. So, okay. Just letting you know. Right. <laughs> High school basketball tonight. Davidson Academy is at Donaldson Christian at six. These are uh, it, these are girls first, boys to follow. Uh, Knowledge Academy is at East Robertson. Dayspring Academy at Foundations Christian Kentucky. Santa Fe's at Frank Hughes. John Overton welcomes Hunter's Lane. Cookville goes to Lebanon. Lawrence County's at Marshall County Spring Hill at home against Shelbyville. Lead Academy's at STEM Academy. Blackman's at Rockville. Republic's at White Creek. Lewis County is at Summertown. And, Mo, is this a doubleheader? Columbia at Warren County? Yes. Columbia Central is at Warren County as well. Yes. Um, let's see. Girls basketball only tonight. Hmm. No, no, no. Never mind. Boys basketball only. Nashville Central Christian is at Merrill High. That's a 7.30 tip. Macon County is at Republic. That's a 6 o'clock tip. Men's basketball. Moorhead State in a game that we spoke about with Joe Sullivan yesterday. Moorhead State is at Gentry Center, taking on the Tigers of Tennessee State. Women's action tonight. Austin P is at Kennesaw State. That's a 4 o'clock start. Lipscomb is at Queens. That's a 4.30 start. Tennessee is at Georgia in SEC action. That's a 6 o'clock tip down in Athens. And Ole Miss is at Memorial Coliseum. That's a 6.30 tip. And in the association, Cleveland is at the FedEx Forum taking on the Grizzlies of Memphis. That game starts at 7 and can be seen on Valley Sports South. And that is your rundown. Top stories brought to you, as always, by our friends at Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go by and see the fine folks there if you want to find your delicious daily, daily lunch specials. And, of course, they've got fresh hand-cut meats. They have, of course, great produce and much, much more. All cost plus 10 at the register. Neely's Mill in Columbia. Yes. Um, top story. Part one, Tennessee Sports Writers Association has announced their college basketball players of the week. And John Zhao, not Yao. Close enough. Yeah, Z-H-A-O, averaged 32 points across a pair of Carson Newman victories, earning men's Basketball Player of the Week honors from the TSWA. He had 38 points in a 106-99 win over Emory and Henry. And then, um, whatever, I guess 26 points in their 120-81 win over Coker. So, Carson Newman's John Zhao 
is the men's basketball player of the week. UT Martin's Anaya Brown is the women's player of the week. Averaged a double-double with 13.5 points and 12.5 rebounds. 14-20 and 20 in a 52-44 win over Southeast Missouri. Becoming only the third UT Martin player ever to grab 20 or more rebounds. And she went 13-12 and 12 and played all 40 minutes in a 73-68 loss to Lindenwood. So congratulations to John Zhao and Anaya Brown, the Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Men's and Women's Players of the Week. Now, the fun begins. Mm-hmm. We've, got a com- we've got a conversation coming your way right now about a letter, uh, not a letter, a statement. A statement from Danny White released, I guess, to social media today. Yeah, you know, Danny likes to be kind of interactive with his, with the... Danny is very online. With Big Orange Country. Yeah, Danny is very online. Well, and and I think, I think in this day and time, it's a plus. I mean, interacting (laughs) with your fans is probably a good thing. He's he's great about it, and and I love love that that he takes a lot of suggestions from Vol Twitter. I do think that it's, you know, sometimes – you have to remember that Twitter is not real life and it's not always indicative of the general public. It is only indicative of the small group of people who are interacting on, on, on Twitter, but I'm not sure how small a group it is though, but almost always, almost always, except when it comes to the smoky gray uniforms, vol Twitter is typically aligned in whatever the the goal is and so danny taking those suggestions implementing those things like checker kneeling last year for uh, whatever game it was i don't remember but it, it, it was they don't check or kneeling last year if it wasn't for vol twitter saying hey we should check or kneeling mm-hmm. they did and just little suggestions like that he's done a great job and so directly putting this statement out to social media is is very on brand for Danny White and very on brand for Tennessee as a whole right that right now and I love it absolutely um you want me to do the honors? go ahead statement from Danny White at ad underscore Danny White on X The NCAA generally does not comment on infractions cases. That generally does not comment on infraction cases is in bold and italic in this statement. Why? Why? Because there is a rule against it. (laughs) However, that has not stopped them in the past from leaking information to the media as they did this week about us. Their actions make... Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? (laughs) Their actions made this ill-conceived investigation public and forced us to defend ourselves. It is clear that the NCAA staff does not understand what is happening at the campus level all over the country in the NIL space. After reviewing thousands of Tennessee coach and personnel phone records, NCAA investigators didn't find a single NIL violation, so they moved the goalpost to fit a predetermined outcome. Which is not the first time a goalpost has been moved in Knoxville. 
I just want to know if it's in the Tennessee River. Too. I don't think it's in the Tennessee <laughs> River uh, yet. It might be when I, Paul Twitter gets a hold of it. I think it one. might wind up there. Yes. <laughs> they are stating that the nebulous contra contradictory NIL guidelines, parentheses, written by the NCAA, not the membership, which is close parentheses, which is the the argument. Continue. Thank you. Don't matter. And applying the old booster bylaws to collectives. If that's the case, then 100% of the major programs in college athletics have significant violations. This is obviously silly and not productive, as is blaming the membership whenever they are challenged. We need to be spending our time and energy on solutions to better organize college athletics in the NIO era, something that NCAA leadership failed to do back in 2021. Student athletes, prospective student athletes, coaches, and administrators across the country deserve better and I refuse to allow the NCAA to irrationally use Tennessee as an example for their own agenda. The last half of that last sentence may be the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Since Don D. Plowman called it factually <laughs> untrue. Factually untrue, procedurally flawed, flawed and intellectually dishonest. dishonest. And now, I, I swear, needs to be on the NCAA's tombstone. And now, just go ahead and add irrationally using Tennessee as an example for their own agenda. Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen. Not going to allow it. The you can do it, but not to us. The simple <laughs> fact here is that Danny White laid out exactly the blueprint for how Tennessee is able to fight this. Again, the question of, how is the NCAA going to make an example of Tennessee cannot be written because there is no way to do it. Danny White laid out exactly how Tennessee is going to fight this alleged bro breaking of the rules or violations or whatever. Assuming that there is, they assuming that there is an allegation. Well, because I think at this point, the NCAA's best bet would just be to, Go home. Wash your hands. Done with it. Be done. Because you're not going to win. But here's, here's the problem with that. The problem with that is if that's what they do, then, all you, then, then most people are going to say, well, then I guess all we have to do to avoid NCAA sanctions is have our AG type up a letter. Well, I, I think you have to do more than that, though. I mean, you have to be right. That's the key. That's the key is knowing you're right. Donnie Plowman, Danny White have said in zero uncertain terms that we did not do this. We have done nothing wrong. Your retroactive application of a rule the membership did not agree on, did not write, cannot take place because you're not the boss. No. You're not the boss. Not this time. The Austin case is the boss. The antitrust issue 
governs what you can and cannot do. And that is where I don't understand how they can't figure this out. I don't know with all of the people that they have involved in Indianapolis with all the lawyers that nobody said, hey, this is going to violate antitrust. This Eric Prisbel piece, he's a senior sports business writer at On3, basically says that the NCAA is choosing to make enemies with the very schools it needs to make, it needs to make, or to placate. The major, as Danny White says, the major institutions. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but we're, did you guys discuss on Friday the the television viewership numbers, the 18? No, no, we did not. Okay, we so we've not. not discussed. Yeah, we've not. The when I say lion's share, I mean 80 percent of viewers watching college football watch 18 schools. Tennessee is among those 18. Tennessee is among those 18, and what were there eight? Eight Southeastern, Southeastern Conference schools. schools seven. Big Ten schools. Those are the schools you have, have to placate. Yeah, like it or not. And so I'm not sure what the goal is here, but it ought not be this. I don't think the NCAA knows what the goal is either. I mean, we talked about this a couple of days ago, and I, it's almost like, they are grasping at straws to try to remain relevant. And if not relevant, I mean, it, short of relevant. Respect in, my authority. In charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, they're trying to remain in charge. And every single time they go to court, another chip gets knocked off. And I don't know if if you guys – know who Tom Mars is, but everybody in college does. But let me tell you this, Tom Mars entire world is or revolves around kicking the NCAA's butt in court. And he's real good at it. <laughs> he don't lose often. So I don't know why the NCAA would even think about Tennessee. Again, I, it, it doesn't make, none of that makes sense. Highly concentrated viewership. In Nielsen rated games from 2015 to 23, over half of total FBS viewers are linked to just 18 of the 130 plus teams. Um, again, from the SEC, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Texas, Auburn, Florida, and Tennessee. Um, from the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan. Um, oh, I missed Oklahoma. Sorry. Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Washington, and Oregon. And well, Southern Oklahoma, Cal. Oklahoma is only going to get higher, too, by the way. And Texas. 
because now they play Alabama, mm-hmm. now they play Tennessee, now they play Georgia, now they play all these teams that are also on this list. Yeah. None of their other, none of their old opponents <laughs> even come close to this list. Um, I also miss Penn State from the Big Ten. And from the ACC, you've got Clemson, Florida State, and Notre Dame with an asterisk. Yeah. Yeah. So 50% of FBS viewership is watching those 18 teams. Those are the teams you have to placate. Sorry, NCAA. It's just the rules. We don't make them. We don't make them. Oh, wait. Yes, we do. Yeah, because we're viewing them, right? Yeah. There you go. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of college basketball. (laughs) A, A very, very lengthy one with Cliff Ellis joining us on Main Street Sports today. Very excited about it. Stick around right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here with you on this 
fine Thursday as we continue on with the program. Of course, we still have to come. Terry McCormick and a throwback interview today to now former Nolensville Little League coach Randy Huth. All of that coming your way here in just a few moments. But before we get to that, we want to go to our first guest on Coach's Corner. You may have seen him on any number of sidelines over the last 50 years. He retired as the winningest. Uh, he, at the time he retired, he was the act, active winningest coach in college basketball, and that is Coach Cliff Ellis. Coach, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to be with you. Good to have you, Coach. We appreciate it. Um, so part of the reason we wanted to have you on is there is a big event going on over at Cumberland University tonight as they are going to recognize you and your 49-year coaching career that began at Cumberland Junior College, which kind of indicates just how long you've been at it. Um, you know, it's, it's got to be a great honor for you to be recognized over there where they have already named the court for you. Well, it's, it's a great honor. Uh, I wouldn't be, I could not have accomplished what I accomplished uh, without Cumberland. It's, uh, it gave me my first chance. I was 26 years of age, uh, young, scared, uh, too afraid to fail, I guess, and uh, gave me the opportunity. And uh, uh, without Cumberland, I, like I said, I wouldn't be here today. And that's uh, my time to same point in time, give back to the places that have helped me and, and uh, Cumberland is one of those. So I'm, I'm glad to be back because it brings back a lot of memories and I'm glad to see Cumberland, now Cumberland University doing what it's doing. Uh, it's really amazing. Uh, over 3,000 students, very good academic institution. They've won, I think, 17 national championships uh, in sports and a lot of people don't realize the success that Cumberland has had over the years. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's really nice to be back. And you helped lay the groundwork for some of that success, Coach. Three years, again, at Cumberland Junior College. In those three seasons, Cumberland went 78 and 12, won a pair of state junior college championships from 73 to 75. So, I mean, you know, obviously, Coach, you mentioned Cumberland University. There are a large number of people that don't realize that Cumberland was once a junior college probably, but you know, it was, and you were ultra least, successful there during that time. At least half the people in this room didn't know that until you said it. Well, well, Cumberland was, Cumberland's been through a lot of transition. They were one of the more, they were a famous law school at one time. Uh, and they've gone several directions. They were a junior college and uh, went to, uh, it became a university, but, uh, it's done a lot of things for a lot of people. And uh, uh, those days I was here from 72 to 75 and uh, it was a great run. It, it elevated me to be in a position where I was offered a division one job at University of South Alabama. And uh, you know, one of the amazing things about the run here was a, it was a team that I had uh, that was 34 and two and was fourth in the country. Uh, but it averaged 105 points a game. Now that was before the mm. three. That was before the three-point shot. So think about that. Um, mm -hmm. I can remember scoring 
close to 80 points and a half. Now, this is 50 years ago, but we had a group of guys. Charles Fishback was a was a leader. You probably know his son more, Damian Fishback, who does ESPN and the SEC Network, uh, and he played for me at Auburn. But he was a he was a leader of this team, and and uh, it was just a great time. And uh, it, it, it gave me the opportunity to move on to Division One, which for the next 40-plus uh, years is what I did. Coach, when you were at South Alabama, um, I, I, was, I was a kid. But I think I remember, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, you guys made the NCAAs one year, and you had a backcourt of peanut butter and somebody. Now, clean me up on that. <laughs> Well, they came after me. I, I Were they came, after you? Yeah, okay. they, they came after me. But we had, you know, when we, our first team, when I took the job, uh, the president told me, he said, you've got three years to turn it. We think that we've made a mistake going Division One. Uh, we think we should be a Division Two program. And uh, I had one assistant and one graduate assistant. And I told these guys, I said, look, we're not going to beat Alabama and Auburn for recruits. Let's take where the population areas are. I want somebody, the state of Florida at that time had about 13 million people in it. I said, get into Florida, find somebody. And I want one of you to go to Los Angeles, California. And I want you to stay there. And we, we built our, we built our program around going into the cities where there was a huge population and just finding people that weren't offered by UCLA or Florida, or Florida state. And we got lucky. Uh, we, we signed some guys that in 1979 went to the NCAA tournament for the first time and played Louisville. Uh, on national television on CBS in Louisville. Remember Daryl Griffith in that group? They went on to win a national championship. Uh, we had an undefeated team in conference, but this was really the first time people saw South Alabama. And with a minute and a half to go, we have the ball in our hands down by one against Louisville, Denny Crum's team. We have a backdoor pass and we missed the layup and we have to go down and foul because there was no shot clock and we fouled Daryl Griffith. Now he went on to play in the NBA was a great player. He was so shook that when he shot his free throw, he banked it in. He missed it that bad. But anyway, he counted. They went up by three. There was no three point. We took, we heaved the shot. We ended up losing by five. They go on with Daryl, they go on to win a national championship. But that was a time when there was not 68 teams or whatever. You know, they were just uh, 32 teams. I don't even think there were 32 that year. And we were able to get in. And that changed it. And we went on and did some great things. And, and uh, uh, the peanut butter uh, the team, that, that team was after us. But that train just kept going after we left and, and I left uh, and I took the, uh, uh, it's a interesting story. You know, you, you think things work, the divine intervention and whatever, but, um, 
several things. Uh, the reason I went from South Alabama to Clemson, Clemson offered me the job when I was at South Alabama and we had those good teams. And they offered me the job and I uh, uh, turned it down. I turned the job down. Um, and I was recruiting and we had a kid by the name of Vernon Maxwell. Remember him, Houston Rockets? Yes, sir. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Vernon Maxwell, Vernon Maxwell had visited my campus, and we had just played the University of Florida in a tournament. And I don't know if you remember the name Norm Sloan. Yes, sir. But he was the coach at Florida, and we upset him in the tournament. So Norm, they called him Storm and Norman. Mm -hmm. Right, but Norm, they, we beat him, and he was real upset. Vernon Maxwell lived in Gainesville, Florida. And I went to sign Vernon Maxwell because I had him. And I went to Gainesville, Florida. It turned the Clemson job down. Went to Vernon's house, knocked on the door, door opened. He's sitting with his mama. I said, oh, my goodness. There's something not right here. She says, sit down right here. Sit down right here. <laughs> You've done a great job recruiting my son. I just want you to know that he loves what you did, but he's always wanted to go to the University of Florida. So I go straight to the airport, put a dime or a quarter in the payphone, call the AD back, because I'd had this happen so many times mm. at South Alabama, you know. So many times, like Bobby Lee Hurt, you know, telling me to come up. He's going to sign, and he signed with Alabama. I, I just had that happen too many times. And I finally said, maybe I need to look at Clemson. Hmm. So I put, put the dime in the phone, called him up, and he said, we'll have a plane pick you up in Atlanta. So I, I flew to Atlanta, got off, went and interviewed. They offered me the job. Bottom line is I went to sign Vernon Maxwell and came back as Clemson's basketball coach. Now I'm going to give you another story. I almost coached Larry Bird at Cumberland College. Now see your eyes. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. I'm perked up here. Hold yeah. You got right. Larry, Bird, Larry Bird, I had a kid by the name of Danny King, French Lick, Indiana. He was, he played for me and he comes running I lived in Justin Potter Hall. He comes running to my door. He said, Coach, my best friend just left the University of Indiana. Larry had signed with Indiana, but he'd left. He and Bobby Knight did not get along. So he left. I believe that, Coach. <laughs> well, he had left, and Danny says, We need him. He's not anywhere. This is all, we still had time to get him in school. We'd already started school. It's in August sometime. We still, we still had past business. I said, you go and you stay there and you call me back. He gets there and he called and said, coach, he's ready to come. I said, all right, you stay right there. I'll take care of your classes. I'll take care of your classes. On Monday morning, I'm going to call the, the regional director to make sure that this is good. He said, because he had told me, he said, now there's a catch. He enrolled at Northwood Institute today or Friday. And but they don't have basketball. And I said, well, that shouldn't be a problem. It just doesn't make sense if, he didn't, if they don't even play basketball. 
So I called the, the regional director who was at Martin College, which was our rivalry, who we'd beaten two years in a row. So I knew I went well when it was all <laughs> He said, no, you can't do that, blah, 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 he'd, he'd have to sit out. The bottom line is, if we'd have been a day earlier before you enrolled, Larry Bird would have come to Cumberland College. And I don't know what direction my life would have taken place, but that kid from French Lick, Indiana, graduated with me and went to Indiana State, and he was the point guard, and guess who he took with him that time? Larry That's Bird. Right. And they played Magic Johnson for the NCAA championship. And, but I've been blessed. I always wondered what would my life have been like if I'd have coached Larry Bird? I don't, I don't know. Well, it was you, won, you, you won 906 games coach without and, him, without him. So I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you, you, you and he both did pretty good. Well, I appreciate and, that. I've, I've had bottom line is I've had good, good, good players and I've had great coaches and it's been a wonderful journey. And, uh, you know, every place I've gone, I've loved from going from Clemson to Auburn and, uh, you know, great wins, tough loss, tough losses, mm -hmm. great experience, seen the highs, seen the lows, but I've, I've lived a blessed life. Well, um, as a, as a kid growing up in the Birmingham area, you <laughs> were, you were the coach at Auburn when I was. Uh, in high school and okay and so right. i mean I, I remember those years so vividly you had such great basketball teams it was a lot of fun to watch and you know even it, it, alabama had some really good teams with coach godford you guys had some some yeah. fantastic battles and i enjoyed watching it i will say this the between the three of us uh we've got five hall of fames or halls of fame between the, th the three of us you've got four and mo's got one <laughs> So yes. between the three of us, we got five. Well, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I'm I'm certainly going to defer to Coach Ellis on that on that front. But um, again, successful everywhere he's been. Again, 900 plus wins at Cumberland, South Alabama, Clemson, Auburn, and Coastal. And Coach, what 16 years at Coastal Carolina? I mean, what what was that like for you? Well, I'd been through the power fives. Uh, I'd been through the power fives and I went into television. Uh, I was doing Fox ESPN had a show with college sport South with several guys in Atlanta that I did once a week during basketball. Uh, and I was liking it, but I had just missed basketball. Danny Ford, who was the football coach at Clemson. You guys remember him? He won mm -hmm. a national championship back in 81. He gives me a call and he says, Cliff, he says, I'm a good friend of mine is chairman of the board at Coastal Carolina. And I know how much you liked Myrtle Beach when you were down here. And he said, I wondered if you would be interested in Coastal Carolina. Well, I've always been about building, you know, Cumberland, build, South Alabama, build, Clemson, build, Auburn, build coastal Carolina had the second worst arena rated in the nation division one. And so I called all, I, so anyway, I took, I said, yeah, you, if you want to do it, go do it. This is a challenge. Go do it. We got beat the first couple of years and then all of a sudden it took off and we 
got in the top 25 and we got to the NCAA tournament and uh, just had a great run. And, and uh, uh, I got out because of the transfer portal in NIL, but we had, you know, we had good team, but it, it was, it, it, it was, a, it was good, but it was cause of uh, Danny Ford and then the board member jumped in and I went and I said, okay, the three things I always ask, what am I doing? It's division one. That's good enough. Where am I doing it? Myrtle Beach. Well, you can check that because I was raised, <laughs> I was raised near Panama City in Destin, Florida. So you check that. Then the third thing is who am I doing it with? And so I told them, I said, now I've got to meet with your people because you got to, you know, you got to be committed. If you're not committed, this is not going to work. And they were committed. We built an arena. Uh, we brought in uh, uh, a good friend of mine. <laughs> Speaking of Alabama, was with Gene Bartow. You remember Gene at UAB? Mm-hmm. He was the sports uh, uh, information director for, for 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 Gene. His name was Pete Dirtzis, and he was number two at ESPN in the San Juan Shootout which was nationally televised on ESPN was going to be in San Juan when the hurricane that came just a few years ago, it wiped out San Juan. Remember that Mm -hmm. wiped it out. So they didn't have a place to play. And he calls me in a panic. He calls me in a panic and he says, uh, I've got to find, I've got to find a, uh, place to play And Myrtle beach might be the location. I said, well, We'll fix this. So I went to the Chamber of Commerce, went to the guy there, and I talked about the economic impact. The, you know, the AD. We got I got them together, and I said put it together. And now the Myrtle Beach Invitational is three days in November. ESPN every game on Coastal Carolina's campus. I mean, you'll see it. And Baylor's been there, Mississippi State, but it's a big tournament. And then it was such so successful. He called, Pete calls me back and he says, can we do a football bowl there? I said, we'll put you in both. So anyway, so I brought the Myrtle Beach invitation and the Myrtle Beach football bowl that is there to, to Myrtle Beach. And uh, so a lot of things have been accomplished. Their baseball team won the college uh, national championship. Football's now rolling. Uh, but I'm 78 now. Um, uh the NIL and transfer portal is too much for me. And so I'm writing a book on it. Uh, it's going to be called Life's a Dance. It's going to be a while before it comes out. But uh, I'm writing a book on this entire journey from the time that I started as a junior high school coach until this time where I'm at now. So it's a new time in my life. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next chapter. Well, Coach, will there be a chapter in that book on your recording career? Yes, because people want to know how I became a rock and roll singer to a college basketball coach. <laughs> and, and this is what the book's about. How do you make this journey? Well, you know, there's no question that, 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 that my creator had a lot to do with this. So I always say that I'm a, a co-creator. I'm his co-captain, right? Uh, I'm his co-captain because he's put me in positions. But I tell people, and I told the Cumberland basketball team, he's got the other team too. So he's not going, you know, I hear people say, well, I just give God all the glory. He helped me score that touchdown. Well, what about that team over there? You know, I mean, did he he turn on them? 
<laughs> but what he does is give you an opportunity to do what you he gives you the talent to do. And he said, okay, game's on, Cliff. I'm not putting that ball in the basket because if he would put it in the basket, I'd have a chance to go to the Final Four. UConn beats me in the last second in the Sweet 16 in 1990. And uh, I'm up. I'm ahead with 1.3 seconds to go. You know, I, I got, why didn't you make him miss that? Well, <laughs> you know, maybe. So anyway, I've got my feelings about that, but I do know that uh, that uh, my faith my my faith is is strong. Although sometimes you may not see it because my foul language may pop up a few times here and there when I get mad at an official or something. But uh, uh, anyway, I know I know that I've I've been given an opportunity, and I am a co-creator. He's the creator because I like to create things. I do, and he's given me the opportunity to create. And I'm right now. I'm creating ideas. I, I'm creating ideas. You know, I got ideas. This that, 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 that. I'm using my experience, and I'm gonna give it to Cumberland. I'm gonna give it to South Alabama. Give it to Auburn. Give it to Clemson. Texas A&M's called me. Other people have called me, and they can either bite it or throw it in the trash. I mean, it's just thoughts. You know, ideas. You can either take it and run with it. I think it works, but it's not my call. But I think some of these ideas are sound, and I, I, I just want to help. That's all I want to do. Coach Cliff Ellis being honored tonight during halftime of Cumberland University's basketball game. Be sure and get over there and, and see that and, and see him and congratulate him as we do. Coach, we appreciate your time. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. It's good. Now I see Natchez. Is that Natchez, Mississippi? No, sir. This is Natchez High School. It was the black high school in Franklin, Tennessee, um, pre-integration. I got you. Yeah. I like it. I Thank like you, it. Sir. I like it. I like it. All I right. Like it. We, we greatly I'm, appreciate I'm, your time, Coach. Yeah, man. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Thank yes, you. Sir. Yeah. All right. We'll take uh, – Quick break in just a minute, but first we got to hand out the hardware. You want to take a break and then hand out the hardware when we come yeah, back? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Let's, let's hand out the hardware because we're going to talk about AP Top 10 as well. Mm -hmm. So high schools right after this on Main Street Sports today. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. 
Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao alongside Mo Patton. Uh, before we go any further, I want to uh, add to our rundown because we didn't mention Cl Cumberland's game tonight. Uh, so wanted to make sure that we get in. It is a doubleheader tonight as the Phoenix, I almost called them the Flames, Take on Bethel. Ooh. Yeah, should be good. Also, Fisk is down at Talladega. Treveca has a trip to Findlay. And I don't think UT Southern is playing because they played last night, so we need to give you that score. As the men defeated Life 78-71 to continue there. Roll. Anytime you can beat life, exactly. it's a good thing. And the women lost 73 to 42. So just wanted so, to add that to what we missed in the rundown earlier. So the UT Southern women took a beating from life then. They did, in fact. Okay, yeah. let's, let's get into handing out some hardware. Let's do. And we have the custom stone handlers end to win life team of the week columbia academy's bowling team placed second in the state in division two last week um they defeated boyd buchanan in the state quarterfinals over at smyrna bowling center then got past pope prep 14 13 in friday's semifinals before falling 22 5 to friendship christian in the finals so they are our custom stone handlers team of the week. The the Keglers from Columbia Academy. All right. The MTBJ athletes of the week. And there are two. There there are two athletes. There are two athletes this week. Um 
Alex Davis, speaking of bowling, won the Division I state championship by four pins over Stewart's Creek freshman Mateo Quintero in the finals. He, um, Alex had the best score coming out of the semifinals. And so in the six-man ladder match, he was at the top of the ladder. So he got to sit there and wait while everybody else came to him. And when his time came, he was ready. No rust. Just rest. Just rest. There you go. So, yeah, um, Alex is the fifth Columbia Central individual state champion in bowling. So continuing a long tradition for the Lions with that victory. And he is one of our Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Athletes of the Week, along with Columbia Academy's sophomore Haley Collins, who averaged 20.7 points and hit nine threes in three games for the Lady Bulldogs last week. Had 22 points, three threes in their 56-53 win over Franklin Road Academy. Yeah, over Franklin Road Academy. So, um, nice, nice week for Ms. Collins and the Lady Bulldogs. So congratulations to both Alex and Haley and the Columbia Academy bowling teams. Quick look at the top 10 in the AP polls this week in class 4A local schools, Siegel at four, Ravenwood at five, Franklin at eight, Independence still sliding in at number 10. Now, after they just beat number five Ravenwood yeah, last night, that might change, might change. here soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Franklin being behind Ravenwood even after they beat them before these were voted on is interesting. But, hey, who am I? What do I know? In Class 3A? In Class 3A, Fulton is atop that pole, followed by Fayette, where the Wildcats of Lawrence County at number three, Dyer County, Bolliver Central, Upperman. Munford, Chester County, Ridgeway, and David Crockett round out the top 10 in boys 3A. In Division 2, I'm sorry, Division 1, Class 2A. Okay. Yes. I'm just kind of trying to figure out how Lawrence County dropped all the way out. No, Lawrence County is 3. Oh, sorry, they're in between two ads? And oh, I, uh, and I, I, I guess I scrolled right past them. Okay, I'm sorry. And I, I was, I guess, not listening. Anyway, no, they continue. are number three. In two A, um, Douglas leads the pack, followed by Gatlinburg, Pittman, South Green, and Tyner, who are tied at three. Grundy County is five. Kingston, Westmoreland, Austin East, Camden is nine. Summertown is ten. Summertown at seventeen and six. I'll be interested to see, following their 12-point loss Tuesday night to Loretto, what impact that has. I I don't know how Loretto is not ranked, but okay. In Class A, Santa Fe stays atop that poll for this week. They did fall to uh, what was a, no longer, but was a top-10 team recently in Richland. Richland may find themselves back in. You would think. Uh, Harriman follows Santa Fe, Union City, Pickett County, Middleton, Houston County, University, uh, we assume Johnson City, mm-hmm. Humboldt College, Prep- or Chattanooga Preparatory, and Eagleville rolling in there. Eagleville actually slipped from 7th to 10th this week. In D2, Class 2A, it's Broadcrest, Pope Prep, Brentwood Academy, Knoxville Webb, and Baylor. 
in D2A at Silverdale Battleground Academy, First Assembly Christian, Providence Christian, and Good Pasture. Now, Columbia Academy beat Battleground Academy earlier this week. So and I'll Providence Christian last week. So one would think. On the, knows. on the girls' side, Bradley Central gets all 10 first place votes. They're 20 and 1 on the year, followed by Bearden and Clarksville, Sevier County, Coffee. Un undefeated Clarksville. Undefeated Clarksville with Amari Berry and everything. So I don't know. They did move up a spot, though. Sevier County at 4, Coffee County at 5, Cookville, Brentwood, Campbell County, Lebanon at number 9, sneaking in after being not ranked last week. And then Morristown East rounds it out. Um, I, I assume that Lebanon snuck in in place of Columbia Central, which fell out. Correct. In 3A, it's White County, Maryville Heritage, um, Upperman, David Crockett, Dyersburg, Chester County, Northview, Signal Mountain, Cumberland County, and at 10, Clinton and Crockett County are tied. In 2A, you've got McMinn Central at the top of the poll, followed by Gibson County, Gatlinburg, Pittman, Loretto coming in at number four with a first place vote, Huntington five, Cheatham County at six, Westview, Summertown at eight, York Institute, and Cannon County rounding out the top ten. In Class A down in Waynesboro, Wayne County takes the top spot. They're followed by Cloudland and Pickett County at number two. Richland comes in at number four. They're tied with Moore County. Sunbright at six, Sail Creek Middle College, North Green, and Clark Range round out the top ten. D2 Class 2A has Knoxville Catholic. Father Ryan, Hutchison out of Memphis, Knoxville Webb, and Chattanooga Christian. Lipscomb Academy and Ensworth are each receiving votes, so I guess they are number six and seven in the top five. In D2A, you've got Silverdale, Providence Christian. Providence Christian, which actually earned more first place votes than Silverdale. Silverdale is one, Providence Christian is two. Good Pastures three, the King's Academy is four, and University School of Jackson is five. Those you are your AP top 10 or top five polls for this week. Take a quick break. When we come back, Terry McCormick joins us right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. Y'all stick around. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Time now for your Daily Titans update with Terry McCormick. Terry, welcome in. We have some news. 
We do. A couple of coaching hires on Brian Callahan's staff. Uh, last night, he secured the services of defensive coordinator Denard Wilson, who we have talked about uh, on this show a couple of times as being one of the prime candidates. So he will, he is, to my knowledge, has been a defensive backs coach for most of his career. This is his first time as play caller on the defensive side of the ball. So you're going to have a first time offensive play caller in Brian Callahan and a first time defensive play caller in Denard Wilson. So that's going to be interesting uh, to see. I, mean, I guess the Titans are fully embracing what we would consider a revamp and a rebuild and an overhaul uh, as they go forward here in trying to uh, get the pieces in place. And then the other guy that they have hired, according to Cameron Wolf of NFL Network, uh, Tyke Tolbert is going to be the receivers coach. Mo, I'm not. I don't think he's related to former Sounds outfielder Tyke Redmond, but we. But uh, hopefully he will be, uh, you know, doing a fine job coaching the receivers. Is um, is his nickname Little Little Tyke? Little Tyke. <laughs> wow, you're bad. You're bad. Um, that's that's a nice start, and and I hope that that kind of sets some folks at ease that that we've now started to formulate a coaching staff um with those two guys out of the way terry or those two positions out of the way what do you feel like is the you know most pivotal position for brian callahan to fill at this point well i go back to what we talked about from the minute he got hired and that's you know, other than his coordinators, you know, he's still got to find an offensive coordinator is the offensive line coach. And a lot of people, you know, the talk has kind of quieted down, but still some speculation maybe that uh, his dad might come in and maybe that's why the OC title remains available. Uh, he could give him that and then also be the offensive line coach perhaps. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the process as we go forward to see how quickly those are filled. And obviously a couple of guys uh, left one, uh, Terrell Williams, who uh, we had talked about maybe being possibly retained. Uh, he is instead going to Detroit to be the defensive line coach for the Lions. So uh, it wouldn't shock me to see Danico Autry follow him up there since Danico is a free agent and that would give him the chance to play for a ring next season if he so desires. Well, I'll say this. If Twitter reactions from most of media folks are to be believed, Brian Callahan got two of the most coveted people on the list to join his staff, both what? with Talbert and Denard. So, I mean, hey, people want to come here, man. Well, I mean, I'll admit I don't know a lot about Tolbert other than he and Callahan coached together uh, with the Broncos for a couple of years when Peyton Manning was there. And uh, But from all that I have been able to uh, ascertain uh, both, uh, you know, reading stuff and, uh, you know, what little I've talked to, I've talked to some sources and all, uh, People are really excited about the bringing Denard Wilson on board to be the defensive coordinator. So they say he's a really sound football coach, and that 
I think a lot of people are expecting that he'll do a really good job in running this defense. That's great. Well, we will look forward to what's next. And in the meantime, Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. All it's right. a new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low-deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoolumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. We're back on this Throwback Thursday, and Mo, this Throwback interview takes us back to July of last year, a real throwback, but in the news in the last week, it has come out that uh, Nolensville Little League coach Randy Huth is no longer the coach in the 12-year-old organization that has made three trips now to the Little League World Series. Three straight trips. Three consecutive trips. I don't think it had ever happened before. As he says in the interview, no, (laughs) it has not happened. And so we wanted to kind of give, give you guys a look back at what he said ahead of the, even the district tournament last year here in Columbia. And I guess, you know, what he felt about this, past year's team and their their level of camaraderie and because there are some there are some thoughts and ideas being put out on social media as to why this happened his statement and this might 
help? Yeah, he, he says that league president informed him he cannot coach this year because multiple parents from the 2023 team called him and told him that I treated their kids unfairly and they didn't feel like the team was as close as years in the past. Frankly, I am shocked and incredibly sad. If you are one of those parents, all I can do is apologize that you feel that way. There are very few things in this world that I truly love, and one of those is Little League Baseball. To have that taken away rips my heart out. So that's... I think that comes out in this interview. So let's take a look at it. From July 25th, Randy Hoop. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, and we are glad to have you guys with us as we are talking about all the news in the world of sports, from preteens to pros. New pitch one. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to change it up a little bit, but uh, looking forward to this next conversation because this guy was in our neck of the woods for about a week and a half. <laughs> Probably felt like longer making that drive. Trust yeah, me, as, as I make it every day. So it's 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 rough. It's rough. But uh, we are going. We are joined now by Nolansville Little League coach uh, Randy. Is it Randy Huth or Huth? And and the thing about it, when you talk about going three years in a row, you're, you're it's this is a twelve U tournament. Yeah. So you you're basically going with three different groups of kids. I mean, there's not a whole lot of carryover. I, I do think Nash Carter played last year for you guys and is back this time, but not a whole lot of continuation from 2021 to this year. That's right. You know, so in 21, um, we went to World Series, and in 22, we had two kids from that team that came back in 22. Uh, and then last year, we had Nash Carter and Grayson May, uh, which they're both back this year. So we have two returning players. So that means you got 10 new guys each time. Um, so <laughs> Not necessarily 10 new guys, but we'll get to that in a minute. Nine new guys and one girl. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, continue. Yeah, so, you know, every year you get a, a different group of kids and you got to figure out what makes them tick and, and how you can get them to come together as a team. And, and that's kind of my deal uh, that, that I've been able to, to do. Uh, and, and that's what kind of as a coach that's kind of what my specialty is is I'm not a big yelling rah-rah guy um, I'm more you know a listener and, and my my whole thing is about strategy and getting guys to come together and play at their best at the best moments and, and I've been able to do that and, and it's tough it's it's a new challenge every single year because you get those new kids um, but it's also something that you know that's my passion and I just love it now, do you coach a team like in the league? Yeah, yeah, you have to. You got to coach a regular season team. So, so I you coach. have you have a regular season team. So you do have at least some de degree of familiarity with these kids before they get to you at, at the all star level, and sure, that's that's obviously important. And so how how does that work for for you as you know someone who doesn't necessarily I mean, do you have a kid? Do you have a kid on the team, or you're no. just you're just kind of out there helping these kids coach? How does that work for you? You know, I'm just a volunteer. Um, so, my dad was a volunteer for Little League for 45 years before he passed away in 2018, and it's something that has, was his passion, and he carried it on to me. So, uh, the reason that I coach is to continue on his legacy. In my opinion, he was the greatest Little League coach of all time. So, my goal is to continue on his legacy. 
uh, and that's what I do. That's the reason I'm out there, that, you know, to coach these kids. Um, uh, there's nothing I would rather be doing than, than helping mold these these young people uh, and learn the game of baseball as well as, you know, life life lessons. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, you, you talk about – you said it just a minute ago, kids wanting to play Little League. It's not – nowadays it's, it's, it's very rare that yeah. kids want to play in their community because they're playing travel ball or they're, they're traveling all over the, the southeast or the country to play in these tournaments, uh, these weekend tournaments. But you guys ha- have, have found a way to kind of make Nolensville – the the premier place to play you you don't want or have to play in those big those big tournaments in travel ball because it's it's just as good here yeah i mean we, we're literally as a whole in the country across the country is having an issue with people leaving the rec leagues and going to travel ball well we don't have that problem we have kids doing the opposite going from travel ball back to rec leagues that they might have played when they were six or seven years old and haven't played in a few years now they're coming back to the rec league. So, um, so it, it's really cool to see. It's a great community. Uh, people are really behind it. We embrace those kids coming back. You know, we, we, we don't shun them away and be like, well, you left us. You can't come back. Yeah. No, no, no. We want you here. We want you here. We're going to embrace you. And if you st- if you play travel ball, that's okay. That's all right. We don't mind. We're, we're going to embrace you in our rec league. Randy Huth, um, Nolansville 12U Little League coach, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, Randy, you talk about those kids that have gone off and played travel ball and are coming back. Is it the lure, <clears throat> excuse me, is it the lure of, you know, possibly playing for a Little League World Series berth that's kind of, even if you all aren't necessarily selling that per se, is that what's drawing kids back to your league with the success that you all have had? Well, you know, every every kid that straps on a uniform from that time they're four or five years old watches the Little League World Series on TV, and they wish that they could be a part of that. Well, for most kids, that's just a dream that can never happen. They're, they have zero chance of making it there. You know, there's 6,500 Little Leagues out there, and you've got to be in the top 10 of them to get there. So, like, for most kids, that's a far-fetched dream. But for kids that live in our boundaries and are 12 years old, it's a real dream. Like it can really come true because we've done it. We've been to the World Series four times in the past 10 years. You know, we've won the state tournament four out of the last five years. So we've been to the region four out of the last five years. So that means we played on ESPN four years in the last five, you know, which is kids see that. They see kids their age or kids a little older playing uh, on ESPN. They're like, wait a minute. It's not just a dream. It can be real playing here. And I can go play for Coach Randy, you know, and maybe have a chance to, to go to a Little League World Series. So I think that's a lot of it is people are excited for that opportunity. But it's also that our community has embraced us so much. And it is a, you know, from a public perspective, it's grown and grown and grown. People are excited about Little League. Like people we don't even know come to our games. People travel to Columbia that we have no relation to those kids. They just see the N on our hat and the Nolensville across our chest, and they want to be a part of it. And, and, you know, that's been a huge part of our growth and success. You mentioned your boundaries, and I'm not familiar enough with, you know, Little League Baseball sure. in this area to know what's where and that kind of thing. What are 
know Lunsville's boundaries because I know there's also Goodlettsville. I know there's sure. Um, sure. Columbia. Where where do you all draw your players from? Yeah, so so your little league boundaries they're given to you by Little League International, uh, and they're they're they try to make things as similar as possible so that it's a competitive equal balance so that teams this league and this league can be competitively balanced. Um, so um, our boundaries are all of Nolansville, a portion of Franklin and a portion of Brentwood. Um, you know, just like Columbia is all of Columbia, part of Hole and Wall, part of Lutheran, you know, and it has a little bit reach there here and there. Uh, Gillisville is the same. It goes all the way up the White House and it includes um, Gillisville and Hendersonville. Um, so you know, our, our boundaries, you, so you have to live or go to school inside the boundaries in order to play at the league. Okay, so basically Williamson County then for you. Oh, oh, most of Williamson County, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, cool. Who else is in Williamson County other than you all then, if you said most of Williamson County? We're, the only, little, we're the only little league that's, that's in Williamson County. Um, okay. There are, it's called dead area that doesn't have a league that's not assigned mm -hmm. to it. There's space out there that's that, and that's what the other part of Franklin, the other part of Brentwood, up into Antioch, there is no little league that has those boundaries at all. So, so those, those, kids can't, those kids just can't play little league. Okay, okay, that's unfortunate. That unfortunate, is. it is, it is. Now there are some waivers that people kids can get to play, and they can come play in the regular season. However, they're not eligible to play in the postseason. So you can live outside the boundaries, get a waiver to play in the in, for the regular season, but you can't play in the postseason. Gotcha. Um, I saw a picture on social media last week. I guess you guys have a um, a vehicle um, yeah. Yeah. that um, had a NOLO Boys sticker on one of the windows, and, and, and now it says NOLO Boys and Stella. That's right. That's right. So uh, that was a really cool thing. So there are some guys that were parents for our last year's team uh, got us that van this year. So we have we, have, we actually have two Sprinter vans. Uh, they say no low boys and Stella because we don't want to leave her out. Talk about Stella Weaver. She's special. You know, yes, she is a girl, but she's also a baseball player. And, and people got to see that. You know, if you've ever seen her play, you know. She's not just a publicity stunt. She's not, I've never had a girl on my team before. It's the first time. Um, and, and she's special, you know, she's five foot eight. So she's the biggest kid on the team. She can fly running. She hits, she hit the first home run on our team this year. Uh, first home run in our very first game. Um, she also can pitch and she throws nearly 70 miles an hour, which that's kind of like 70 is like the number when you're 12, you want to throw 70 guys that throw above that are elite. And she does close to 70 miles an hour as a pitcher. So, although yes, she is a she's a girl, uh, she can play. Man, she's good. She's a good player. What you're going to see her. She, she's going to be the starting pitcher in the region of our first game too. Which will be on. Hang on, August I've got 3rd. a record here on August 3rd. August 3rd. It's at 3, 3 p.m. Okay, 3 p.m. Central, Central time. Four, four, four Eastern, Eastern. Eastern. On ESPN Plus against the Alabama State champ. You know who that is? Yeah, yeah, it's Kuza is the Little League. They're, this is their first year in Little League, so we, uh, they haven't ever played in this tournament before. Uh, but we have actually played Alabama the first game of the last two years. So this is the third time we will face Alabama uh, in, in our first game. And uh, crazy enough, in 21, we threw a no-hitter against them. In 22, we threw a no-hitter against them. 
So now Stella's going to start against them in the third year. Uh, so she's got some big shoes to fill. No, no pressure there for Stella, right? That's right. No pressure. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, I will tell you after after that game, uh, Stella Weaver is going to be a celebrity across the country. She's going to be on the cover of a weedy box because she's going to she's going to show everybody what she can do. And the only comparison out there to what she is and what she does is Monet Davis from the 2014 World Series pitching for Pennsylvania. Um, and, and she's the closest thing to that. Monet Davis is an amazing. I've met her many times. Uh, she's, a, she's just a super athlete. And she was crazy good when she was a little leader, but Stella is that good. Stella actually hits better than Monet Davis. <laughs> what, what grade will Stella be in this fall? She'll be in seventh grade. Yeah, all of our kids are seven, will be seventh graders except for one. He'll, Gideon Scheffler, he'll be a sixth grader. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to get too sidetracked, and, and I don't want to make one kid bigger than everybody else. But, you know, at some point, she's going to have a decision to make, isn't she? I for mean, sure. how, how far can she go in baseball? I well, mean – Typically, it, it's harder for girls to move when you leave the transition from 12 to 13. You've got to go from the small field to the big field. And usually girls just aren't, they're not, you know, they're still growing. They're not strong enough or big enough to make that transition. So then they start playing softball. Well, Stella's different because she's five foot eight. You know, she is really strong. She is a big uh, athlete. You know, so she can make that transition. So it'll be interesting to see. She does play middle school softball. Um, but it would be really interesting to see if she decided to give it a go in the baseball world because she has all of the attributes that you would want a kid to have. So I don't see any reason why she doesn't do it. It'll just depend on what her preference is. Randy Huth, Nolansville 12 U Little League baseball coach, joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, you mentioned you guys are playing Alabama to open the Southeast Regional next week for the third straight year. Kind of sounds like the blind draw in Tennessee high school wrestling, the blind draw. I mean, yeah. how, how does that happen? Man, I have no idea. Uh, they, it's a lottery, and the way they do it, I've, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I Seems just like they it. did one lottery and just kept, the, kept it going. Well, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that it's necessarily an issue for you guys. It may be for Alabama, though. I, yeah, I, I believe it's a bad draw for Alabama, and it's a good draw for us. Uh, well, and this is interesting because, you know, you mentioned it's the first year that, that Coosa's ever had because the last two years have just been Silicaga's, the only team in the entire state. Yep, and Silicaga's not there this year. So Silicaga wasn't even in it this year. They were like, you know what? <laughs> I think they had enough. This yeah. isn't, isn't going to work for us. Oh, with this, we will not put. <laughs> yeah. So they just, yeah. Yeah. So they just Coosa, dipped out. So Coosa had – there were two leagues, they, Birmingham and Coosa, and Coosa ended up winning. Uh, in the Pretty handily. In the state championship game, they won. They won it big time. Uh, you, you know, and and they're a really young team. Kuza is young. They got five eleven-year-olds on their team of their twelve. So that, that you know, it's really young. I don't have any eleven-year-olds, so I have all twelves. So uh, they're a really young team. They're a new league. I love what they're doing down there. They're doing some good stuff. They're trying to grow the little league in their community, um, and, and I really love what they're doing. But uh, I don't think it's a really good draw for them to get us in the first game. So you say you've got nothing but 12. So how many of these kids that you have will be back for you next year? None of them. None. So you'll be all new any, next year. I won't have any back next year. And now that the part of that reason is, is for the first time ever, our league 
there is an 11 U tournament as well, and we never had enough 11 year olds in our league to make an 11 U team. This year we did, so it's the first time we ever had an 11 U team as well. So I didn't take, I didn't poach any of those kids so that they could be as strong as possible. I could have taken some 11 year olds, but I chose not to. In addition to the Tennessee-Alabama game that will be played at 3 on ESPN Plus next Thursday, August 3rd, that tournament opens in Warner Robins with North Carolina and Florida. That's a 9 o'clock start, followed by Virginia and South Carolina at 12 noon. And the nightcap at 6 will be West Virginia and Georgia. Um, Randy, you guys played your championship game last Thursday, the 20th. Yeah. You don't play again until next Thursday. Um, speaking as an Atlanta Braves fan, that's a lot of time off. Um, what, 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 what have y'all done? What are y'all doing between last Thursday and next Thursday? So that's always the difficult part of this tournament is that uh, the Little League tournament, it's the, the hardest youth sports event to get to the pinnacle of in all of youth sports. But it's also the longest. You know, it's six months long from the time you start to the time you end. So this is always an issue because you have so many teams from other parts of the world that are trying that are getting to the same point. The tournaments are all spread out. So you get these long days in between uh, playing one tournament to the next tournament. Uh, and, and that's always a struggle is trying to keep 12 year old 12 year olds focused uh, on baseball when they have two weeks off or 10 days off or whatever it may be. Uh, for some leagues, it might be one day. But for us, it's two weeks, you know, so you just never know. Um, I think all the teams in the Southeast are determined now as of yesterday, I believe. So they're all, they will all have similar breaks to us. You know, they'll all have the next 10 days uh, off going into it. So we, we all have the same exact for issue. So trying to keep these kids focused is, is difficult, but we do things like we, you know, we try, we go, we go out as a team. We do fun events as a team during the state tournament. We even rented a cabin. So there was just the players and the coaches in a cabin together by ourselves for that entire state tournament, you know, so uh, we create a really good community with these kids um, so that they want to be around each other. Uh, and that helps feed the focus towards baseball. It's pretty awesome. Coach Randy Huth here of Noahsville Little League Baseball with us on Main Street Sports Day. Coach, thanks for taking some time. Good luck. Yeah, I appreciate it. Man. This is see great. you guys on national TV once again. We love what you do. Thank you so much for supporting us and having me on. We appreciate it. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to come back on in, in a month or two and, and be talking about some championships. Yeah, we, we certainly us. hope so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, sign me up. If we win, I will be right here. Sounds good, Coach. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's a little Braves chatter. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. It's Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton on this Thursday. And, man, that was, inter- that was interesting to kind of get an idea to go back to listen to him talk about how much of a com- camaraderie they did have. Mm-hmm. And so <sighs> there are questions, and most of them will go unanswered. Yep. Because we'll never at, the, at the end of the day, it's Little League Baseball. It is, but it's also Nolansville on a national scale, on a national level, on an annual basis. The first United States Little League team to make three consecutive World Series appearances or Little League program since yeah. they are, as he put it, you know, three different teams, basically. Right. And this 2024 team would have no one on it from the 2023 team, as he mentioned during that throwback segment. So there's, like I said, a lot of questions. So who cares what those parents thought? <laughs> that's, that's my question. <laughs> anyway, yeah. there is that. Before we get to Dave Hooker, who is standing by, we have a new, not segment, but a new spot. Yeah. Um, it's February 1st. It's the beginning of Black History Month. Man, I think we'd be, you checked it. <laughs> to make sure it's February 1st. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just think we'd be remiss to not recognize it. You know, Coach Ellis took note of my hoodie here in, in the Coach's Quarter segment. Um, you know, Natchez High School was one of the pre-integration all-black high schools. We've got Carver Smith. They 
celebrated here in Columbia back in November. And I just thought that it would be good if we could mention a black history factoid from time to time here over the next few weeks. And one of those was, you know, you've heard about the first major league baseball game that was played under the lights as Cincinnati hosted Philadelphia at Crosley Field in May of 1935. Well, the Kansas City Monarchs of the Negro Leagues did it five years before. Oddly enough, on my birth date, not birthday. Wow. Yeah. April 28th, 1930, Kansas City played a night game after um, their owner, J.L. Wilkinson, had bought a set of portable generator light towers. So, yeah. So eventually they weren't just doing it at home, but they were carrying those light towers and playing night games oh, that's smart. on the road as well, opening up a new revenue stream, as they like to call it these days, yeah. because they had been, you know, obviously limited to playing during the day. So that's amazing. Yeah. So pretty cool little fact there. We'll try to continue to come up with those as we go through the month of February. So stay tuned. All right. Let's go now. To the phone line where Dave is he's on the hook. He is on the hook. And on the he's hook on, on the line. He's on the hook for a heck of a segment because Danny White, Dondi Plowman, and the rest of Tennessee's everything have gone scorched earth on the NCAA. And Dave, welcome into the show. It has been a wild ride for a couple of days, hasn't it? has been. It's been, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's been a wild ride for about 40 years to see you continue to inch towards this super conference. And I thought that what Tennessee did, we didn't know that they would have a major hand in, in making that happen. But with what Tennessee did, I think we're, we're seeing that move faster and faster and faster. You know, in, in the 80s, when individual teams gave up television rights to conferences, then that's when it, it kind of started with the realignment, but everything moves so slow in college football in the 80s and 90s and to some extent the 2000s. Now I think we're, we're really on the verge, guys, of having a, a mega conference, and I wouldn't be surprised if we're having a serious conversation about that within the next 18 months, two years. Yeah, you know, that's 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 kind of what a lot of people think is the end result here. But tell me if I mean, do you feel like Tennessee has has legs to stand on here? I mean, or, or is it just, hey, we know we cheated, but you didn't tell us we couldn't cheat. So. Oh, they. Yeah, I mean, they've got complete legs to stand on, and yeah, they wouldn't have done so without consulting with our own legal counsel, uh, who yeah, yeah, I have my dealings with. Uh, they wouldn't do so without consulting with the SEC. And uh, yes, the courts have already ruled that you can't limit a an athlete's ability to uh, profit off their name, image, and likeness. So to say, and, and there could be other things out there, but if we're just dealing with, let's say, um, let's say Nico and uh, 
the plane trip that he took from California to Knoxville. Okay, well, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've interviewed some people in my day, and I've been interviewed, and I've been flown out there. So how can you possibly tell um, someone that they can't accept a flight to go be interviewed, essentially, which is what that is, by a potential employer? To me, that is anti-American, that's anti-constitutional. Is not going to stand up in court. There's no doubt about it. They've already ruled in, in that situation. Um, I think that uh, Tennessee is just forcing their hand, and good for them because um, what this will result into, as I was uh, alluding to earlier, you, you, there are going to be no rules, zero rules, and that means that there's going to be about. 30 to 36 teams that are going to have the finances to play with no rules. And the mega conference, super conference will kind of sort itself out. Uh, Tennessee is, is going to be one of those teams. Um, and I think that they just happen to be in a situation where six months ago they were called an exemplary program in the, in the way they dealt with the NCAA. And now they're back under investigation again. I think that's a coincidence. But somebody was going to eventually uh, finish this thing off, and this is stepping on the throat of the NCAA. I'm not even sure if they'll exist in five years. Standing on the throat of the NCAA. I like the sound of that because it, it kind of feels like the NCAA deserves it at this point. You know, Dave, we, we've or mentioned. I'm sure. We, we've mentioned. Probably like me, though. You're probably, I mean, I sat on the players, and, and the players aren't, they, they were never poor, 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 but some were, and some had a hope that their buddies had enough extra cash from their parents to pick up a little bit more meat at the grocery store so they could have cookouts on a Sunday when the uh, the training table closed at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, there are situations you can't take a girl out. Uh, by date because you didn't have the money. So I'm going to side on the players until I'm blue in the face or somebody proves me wrong. So um, I don't care if you're flying a kid out. He's four, if it's Lane Kiffin's son and you want to fly to Tennessee to take a look at him and he's 14 years old, then he should have every right to do so. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, uh, it's it's really kind of bothersome to me to hear folks say, well, coaches are leaving the profession because they don't want to deal with, <clears throat> excuse me, with NIL and the transfer portal and that kind of thing. They didn't mind the multi-million dollar contracts, though, that they were getting before the players were actually being treated. Not equitably necessarily, just, just fairly relative to what they were providing is, is kind of my feeling. Now, I do feel like maybe it, it needs tweaking. I get that. But fix it. But this whole people are leaving it. It's the ruination of the sport and that kind of thing. I'm just having a tough time with, like you said. Yeah, and I agree with all of that. And, and yeah, tweaking the calendar is a little bit ridiculous on the coaches. I agree with that. But. How funny is this? This is how incredibly dumb the NCAA is. The market is settling, and I work with Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren uh, with an IL agreement, so I just want to be full disclosure there. 
but I knew I didn't, I didn't really know what they were worth, and I don't think they did either. But the market's settling itself out, and the market now is settling itself out where you better what? You better pay your current players that you know are good or pay transfer portal players to come in and give you a boost. The model is not going to settle out to pay the high school prospects. You better keep doing that on your own the old-fashioned way. And Nico might, might have gotten $2 million a year, and I've been told by somebody that saw the contract that he did, but I don't think George McIntyre got promised $2 million a year. That was just good old-fashioned recruiting. So it's funny that the market's starting to settle itself out where NIL is not going to be as much of a recruiting inducement as we once thought, but now you have the NCAA leaking information that they're going after Tennessee, and Tennessee says, bully on that, I'm not going to put up with it. And it could be the very, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. For people I talk to, I think it could be the end of the NCAA, or at least any influence they have over football whatsoever. Dave Hooker, Off the Hook Sports, of course, and, and you can watch his show just about any time. Just go, just, just go to OTH Sports Media on, on X, and you can absolutely see the show at, at any point. And, Dave, you mentioned – the, the calendar for coaches and all that there there we'll get into that a little bit later mo with the departure of boston college's coach to green bay but you know in the in this particular instance what we are what we are hearing and what we're seeing here is that the collective did this thing on its own and i know that tennessee is the only quote client of this collective but you know this this collective is still not a booster of the school they are simply a booster of the students at the school is that right are, are we talking about spire specifically yes okay well first of all spire said they were willing to fly nico anywhere to look at schools that they were representing him not the University of Tennessee. Well, that's a load of horsemen they were. Okay, sure. I mean, let's be real honest. They were they were bringing him to Tennessee because they wanted Tennessee to be better. So it is Spire's job, I think. Well, I think there were two phases. I think it was Spire's job to get uh, that superstar quarterback that could change a program like we've We've seen happen before. I mean, the greatest example to me is Mike Vick turning Virginia Tech to a very respectable program to a national championship contender. That can change the way you're forever viewed if you're that type of special player. And I think Nico can be that. Uh, do they take it to the next step? Virginia Tech couldn't, but I think Tennessee can. Um, so that was, I think, step one. <clears throat> I think step two was last year assembling a strong transfer class with your NIL money. Well, on paper, they did that, but they had a lot of bust, which I think would lead people to question, and very fairly, Josh Heifel's talent evaluation. Well, <clears throat> here's the next step, third step of NIL. It's to pay Cooper Mays, John Campbell, Keenan Pilly to stay around another year 
partly because of this unique COVID situation that we're almost done with. So everybody has an extra year. So, I mean, that's phase three uh, in, in building a program. Now, if you're, um, uh, if you're hired as a school that needs talent, maybe you have to go through those phases. If you're Kalen DeVore, maybe you skip right to phase three at Alabama, which is maintain what you've got. But I, you know, I think that Tennessee was kind of climbing that ladder and, and they're there now where their high school recruiting should be able to take care of itself. Kids know they're going to have something when they get on campus, but not necessarily $2 million a year. Okay. Cause that, I, I, I guess my, my, my point to that is I know that Spire wants Tennessee to be better, but they don't donate directly to the university. No. So, I mean, and, and that's where, that's where things get really, really shady and not just for Spire, but for other collectives as well. So, you know, we've all heard the horror stories about some charities that have CEOs that make $450,000 a year and that uh, 90% of the money you give goes to operational costs, which means it's basically just a business that donates a little bit of money to its charity. We've all heard that. I mean, that's possible. I don't, I don't think that it's, um, I, I don't believe that it's 90-10 going to the athlete. Um, as has been reported, I, I think that um, I think considerably more goes to the operational cost. And then, um, but no, that. And then the other issue is what happens if you're asking well, a big booster for money in the NIL realm because you're trying to get a player because Josh Heupel, oops, accidentally called and mentioned his name, which you're not supposed to do in Tennessee, but you can in Missouri because there's a different state law. You can sit there and negotiate if you're Eli Drinkwood with the player in Missouri. But um, you know, I, I think that there's times where the NIL and Spire and, and Tennessee's donations department are probably competing for the same dollar. But um, you know, as long as they're winning, there are plenty of dollars to go around. So mm-hmm. I haven't heard of much headbutting, but I'm sure that'll happen at some point. Okay. Well, and that's, I guess that's kind of where, where the legality gets really, you know, murky in that, you know, is this a booster? Is it not a booster? How, or how are they associated with the school? Are they associated with the school? Well, I mean, they're only associated with students at the school. So by proxy, it, it appears they're associated with the school. So I, I just think that's interesting. And, but, but I, I wonder if that's oh, yeah. that legal. And, but that's the loophole that was never closed by the NCAA in the first place, which is why we're in this situation. Okay, so are you asking is Fire a booster or are they a third-party company? Well, we know they're a third-party company, but they are funded by boosters, essentially. Right. And if you give, I mean, for instance, if I get $5 to the College of Communications, technically I'm a booster. So there's a lot of ways. Technically, if you buy season tickets, you're a booster. So there, I mean, I'm sure that they probably are a booster in some shape, form, or fashion. Um, But, you know, nowadays, kind of like all bets are off. So I don't know that that part of it really matters. But it, this is the, this is what the NCAA is is alleging here is that 
well, we've never allowed boosters to be involved in paying players. Well, now this is how you're, this is what you're doing. Well, you didn't close that loophole when the loophole was obviously there from the beginning. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, along those lines, lines, maybe along along those lines, maybe they need to get a license to be an NIL broker. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think I think that could be a an easy fix for a lot of issues for these for these things. So I don't know, man. This is this is just if nothing else, though, the University of Tennessee has certainly gone guns blazing and feels very confident in their situation. Do you feel as confident in it as they do? Uh, I, I don't see how you could feel any more confident. I mean, the, the NCAAs, I mean, the NCAAs lost once in court. They're going to lose again. Um, I'm sure that several uh, schools and, uh, not just in the SEC, back Tennessee and Virginia in this. I imagine um, every school in the ACC did, since every school went out of the ACC except for the really, the really, really terrible ones. So uh, I don't think it's questionable. I think the as a matter of fact, I think the NCAA settles in short term. Again, I mean, you think about this. Um, this is rough math, but. I do know that the NCAA's operating budget is about $80 million. Um, the operating budget of every SEC school is about $2 billion combined, somewhere in that realm. $80 million so, is the retainer for the legal fees. Yeah. So, Greg, thank you want to call around and say, hey, we need to get rid of these bunch of bozos who've almost destroyed college football in the past. Can you chip in a little bit of cash? I mean, the, the SEC could raise as much as the entire operational budget that the NCAA has. I'm telling you, they're, they're gone. I mean, it's the college football playoff. That group of people will run um, this new mega conference. And by what Tennessee did on Tuesday, it just moved up in my mind by at least two or three years. Dave Hooker. Off the Hook Sports at the Dave Hooker on Twitter as well as at OTH Sports Media. Dave, as always, great stuff. We appreciate it. Man, anytime you guys uh, have fun. This is Wild and Willie Thomas, college football for sure. No doubt. Thanks, Dave. See ya. All right, let's keep it here for rapid fire reactions because we have plenty of rapid fire reactions to get to. And let's talk about Boston College head coach Jeff. Is it Hatley or Halfley? Ha- hmm. I think it's Halfley. It is Halfley. Okay. Yes. But there is a. It's Hatler. I was. I was like, why does why does Hatley sound familiar? No, it, John Hatler. No. The yeah. voice of the of Skyhawks yeah. is where I was. I yeah. got that. But no, okay, it so is Halfley. Jeff Halfley is headed to Green Bay to be their defensive coordinator, and. It, Dave touched on it in this, that a lot of coaches are making that move to the NFL in part due to NIL, in part due to the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, Coach Ellis even spoke to it during his segment a little bit ago about... I mean, it it just makes sense that these guys, if I have the opportunity to to not not have have to to deal with that, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to. I understand that. 
Now there's not as nearly as many opportunities. So Division One FBS coaches in Power Four conferences, though, are still valuable jobs. I, I like your I like your new terminology there, Power Four. Mm, well, it's unfortunate, but yeah, it is what it is. The truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I hate it for the reasons that I just mentioned. I mean, all of a sudden, players are having some level of recompense, and and folks are just losing their minds. But I just I I think it's because it's a, it's it's the schedule, it's the calendar, it's not necessarily the parts of. It's the sum, not the actual parts. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I get it. I just don't necessarily it, like the optics of it's it. It's like if if we had a better system in place. Well, and, and I think that there were plenty of opportunities for that to be the case. And the it, NCAA fumbled the bag? Yeah. I think we've at every turn. I think we've established that pretty solidly this week, Mo. All right. All right. So you know, can someone else get that, get those guide rails, guardrails, guidelines, whatever you want to refer to them as? Guide rails actually makes a lot of sense. It's not a word, but it is, I think mm -hmm. I think that term, mm -hmm. you know, is would make sense there. Can someone get some type of framework in place that would address some of this? And if they do, I think it would eliminate power four head coaches. Now, I don't know if it eliminates Boston College's head coach going to be the defensive coordinator at, in Green, Green Bay, Bay because talk about a step up. But yeah, I, I think it, it it would slow down anybody else's issues. Now, do you want to continue to talk about Boston College for just a second? I do. Mm -hmm. I thought you might. because there are two coaches available who are not going to be head coaches in the NFL as the current carousel sits slowing down and to a near halt. I, near. I'm just saying somebody might get fired and we don't know it. Like I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it. I guess somebody might retire and we don't know it. Yeah, we don't know. So anyway, Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick are not coaching in 2024 in the NFL. Boston College's job is open. Belichick doesn't even have to move. Belichick doesn't have to move, and Vrabel knows his way around because his son played there. I'm just saying. Call him up. All he can say is no, right? I mean, if you're Mike Vrabel. And, I mean, if you're, not, if you're Boston College and you're calling uh, Belichick, I mean – even if he says no, I mean, that's, that's not the only no you're going to get. Yeah, you're right. So. <laughs> might as well shoot for the, shoot for the moon. You might land among the stars. There you go. There we go. Shoot your shot, man. <laughs> well, so, but Mike Vrabel, after seven head coaching jobs came open that weren't his. Seven that he was, of a, of that those, he was yeah. eligible for. Eligible I, to be hired for. Yeah. And doesn't I think he interviewed for two? Los Angeles and, and Carolina? Is that it? I think that's the only two. Did he, he not interview in Seattle? I don't think so. Did he not interview in Atlanta? I pretty I know he didn't interview in Atlanta. 
if those are the only two jobs he interviewed for, one doesn't feel like he wanted one. And if and, and if he did want one and they didn't want him, you go go look at the coaches who were hired. Even Mike McDonald, young defensive guy, mm-hmm. not old defensive guy. Mike Vrabel type head coaches are not in demand. CEO head coaches are not in demand. David Tepper said point blank, no more CEO coaches. David Tepper doesn't he's a know. Cra- what I know he, he I know he's a crazy person, but I'm just saying he made that statement, and I think that a lot of other teams believe that. So Vrabel did interview with Atlanta. He did. He he interviewed in person. Cherry and Williams of in NBC Sports wrote on January 24th that they completed an in-person interview with him. Even in person? And he flew from Atlanta to Charlotte to interview with the Panthers the next day, which was a week ago today. Gotcha. And he had previously interviewed with the Chargers. So he interv- he had three interviews of the, of the seven openings. Yeah. So. Well, we knew the Chargers weren't going to hire him. We knew the Chargers were hiring Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. I I just feel like if Mike Grable wants to be a head coach again, it's not going to be at the NFL level. At least not for now until the game finds its way back to old school defensive mentality. Hmm. Anyway. Well, old school defensive mentality, what is Dan Quinn? Of course, now maybe he – now who wants Washington? So, again – who wanted the Washington job? Clearly nobody. Dan Quinn was the only one who said publicly that he would take it. He might have been the only one that said privately he would take it. <laughs> well, when he said publicly, hey, I would take that job, clearly Washington Sold. called it. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, we got a job for you. So <laughs> I just think I that move this- that the nomination cease. <laughs> Because there were no more nominations to be had. Exactly. (laughs) But and so I just I'm curious how that might affect. Now again, Mike Vrabel could be sitting at the house because Amy's got to pay him. Okay, he can he can afford to sit at the house and do nothing, and get paid to do it. And why would you not? And if you know, if your options were the Washington Commanders or the house. The house is a much better I'm option. I'm going home. Yep. Screw you guys. Yeah, because yeah. don't don't make me take another uh, losing season on purpose. Hmm. So yep. anyway, we've got more coming your way tomorrow on the final show of the week. We've got great guests and much, much more. Come back with us on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint. We will see you at 2 o'clock then. 